Thanks for joining us today for the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast, a place where trauma, hardship, and challenge meet faith and hope for the future. Here is your host, Jill Riley. Welcome to Post Traumatic Faith. Season three has arrived. I am so excited to share with you this season new guests, new topics, and some great conversations. Thank you so much for joining us, and here's today's guest. Welcome to Post Traumatic Faith. This is Jill Riley, and today, all the way from the tippity tip of North America, well, not North America, of the U.S., is Carol Graham. Carol, welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love that you are able to join me this morning with, well, afternoon, whatever it is where Uh you are, (laughs) but let me give you a little introduction to Carol. Carol is an author, a talk show host, an inspirational speaker, business owner, prayer coach, certified health coach, wife, mom, grandmom, and dog rescuer. Carol received the woman of impact award and the author of the year award for her memoir and the global award for one woman fearless. So lady, you are a busy gal. Oh, that's only half of it. (laughs) (laughs) So how many grandkids do you have? I have 11. Oh, so fun. So fun. I have one and it's, it's so fun. I can't wait for more. Absolutely. So out of all of the things that you do, is there a favorite thing that you love? Yes, it is doing my YouTube videos on my YouTube channel, Praying Miracles. Or sorry, that's that's the wrong one. <laughs> praying, praying for Miracles with Carol. Sorry. <laughs> and what do you love about that? Probably the growth that I'm seeing in people as a result of what I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. And I and this has opened up an avenue that, you know, for years I spoke on the I, the speaker circuit. I traveled for 30 years. And then when COVID hit, that all changed. Yeah. And of course, we had to do everything online. And that's when I started my YouTube channel. And the, the reach is so much further. And I had no idea. I don't ever want to speak again. It's much easier <laughs> to do it from home. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it true? It's, it's amazing the reach and, and, um, you know, through podcasts and everything, and yes. it's people that I would never have the opportunity yes. to talk right. to that can check in and, and gain something hopefully that would never have an opportunity to otherwise. So I agree with you. I, I love that part. So so um, tell me a little bit about, about growing up. Where did you grow up at? I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. My father was a minister. Okay. And then what kind of a church was he a minister? At the Assemblies of God. Detroit. Oh, okay. So I, I was an Assemblies of God minister for 25 years. No way. What's yeah. Oh, um, I started off in Seattle and, um, worked there and planted a, planted a church there and then came to Montana. I'm in Billings, Montana and, um, helped plant a church in Bozeman. And then, um, 
and then worked here as several churches and then worked as a church consultant and then most recently switched denominations, which was, it was like a divorce to me because I had so many people that I, that I knew and loved and who loved, loved and knew me. Um, but, um, I switched to a different denomination for a variety of reasons and have been well loved there too. But, um, yeah, so for quite a while I was with, with the AG. Yeah. Our family still is, but we switched many, many years ago. So yeah. When you yeah. said that, I had, when you asked me that, I had to think for a second, you know, where was, <laughs> yeah. Where was that? <laughs> yeah. So being a pastor's kid, what was that like? The typical, <laughs> you know, you couldn't do any wrong. Everything had to be perfect. And so there was a lot of pressure put on you. Yeah, that, definitely. And that was back in the day too, when legalism was, you know, very strong and yes, the God churches in particular. So I couldn't do anything. You know, that was, I didn't rebel, which is amazing. When I look back at, and especially my personality, I did not rebel. And I think it might be because of the deep love that I had for my parents. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So when did you, um, when did your faith become personal to you? Not your parents' faith, not your church's faith, but Carol's faith. I think when I asked Jesus into my heart when I was three years old, and by the time I was 10, uh, God called me into the ministry, and I knew that my life was destined to be a minister. There was no question, so I don't know at what point that would mean faith. I mean, faith was always part of my life. Yeah. My father, my father had a healing ministry, so I understood that aspect of faith as well, and applying how to apply faith. I've you know, it, it was just part of my growing up. Yeah. Interesting that you were called into ministry. So, so young, you knew, you knew at 10 that you wanted to be a vocational minister. Well, what happened at 10 is there was a prophetic word over me uh, and it registered in my heart. I knew that it was truth. I knew that it was from God. I knew it wasn't just something hoopla and that, um, you know, I carried that with me. I still carry that with me. Mm. And I know that that's when, you know, basically God was giving me the desire of my heart because it's already what I knew I wanted to do. Right, right. Well, I was called into ministry when I was 14. And I remember somebody telling me, Jill, take this moment and go write it down. So when you yeah. doubt and you and you question it, you have it there in print and I still have it. Um, and, um, and it's, uh, reassurance when you, as is inevitable, when you go through struggles and hard times, you go, no, this was, this was my calling. This is a part of the tapestry of who I am. That's right. So, um, you've been through, um, through a lot. Um, I just kind of want to let you, tell your story and, and some of the things that you've been through and how God has walked with you through those things. It's interesting. You use the word through, because as soon as you said it, what hit me was that's, that's key. Mm -hmm. I went through it. I didn't yeah. stop there. And right. I think that is key to my testimony because I never saw myself, no matter what happened as a victim. I mm -hmm. always saw myself as a victor who possibly was in the middle of circumstances that they could not prevent but knowing that God would get me through to the other right. side, right? knowing that his word was yes and amen, et cetera, et cetera, which of course a lot came from my dad and his ministry, but right. also, you know, just 
my own um, tenacity, my personality was to never give up. My podcast, which is in its eighth year now, is called Never Ever Give Up Hope. And that's the story of my life. No matter what happened, it was never, ever give up hope. My husband and I basically were 40 years. We've been married 50 years this year. And 40 years, we, we struggled. 40 years, we beat our head against the wall. 40 years of trauma, one after the other, and very often on top of one another, to the point where we didn't know how we were going to get out, but knowing that God knew. Mm-hmm. And therein is the secret to any success in life as a Christian is knowing that God, that your life is ordained by God, mm-hmm. yeah. that anything that happens, it, you know, what have wherever source it comes from, God's word is yes. God's word says, I will give you the strength. I will get you through. Mm-hmm. So my story is far too long to share here. My memoir, Battered Hope, is my story. And it's 12 chapters, basically 12 traumas, many of them enter, you know, over uh, one on top of the other. But it, um, it starts with when I was nine months old, I died. Mm. And it was my father's faith that brought me back to life. So there was a reason for my living. And the (laughs) there's a reason for all of us living, right? right? Right. But the interesting thing was my sister had died of rheumatic fever when she was 11. And my father said that he would restore a hundredfold, you know, in other words, the one that he had next, the kid that came next was, was going to be I don't know, <laughs> better, but right. My sister, apparently I never met her, of course, but she was very quiet and subdued. And I'm just the opposite. Like, <laughs> cigar in my mouth so you know (laughs) yep (laughs) so that that just came I must have inherited it but anyway that tenacity to never give up and my mother died my father was in a um a healing ministry and my mother died when I was a teenager so this caused confusion for me yes of course but it didn't last long because of my father's faith and his understanding of God's orchestrating our lives. So I never held it against God. I know I I counsel a lot of women, well, men too, that think that, you know, this happened to me. How did God love me? One has nothing to do with the other. We live in a sinful world. We have lots of things bad happen to us. Lots of things happen, you know, because of our stupid decisions we make or any number of Blaming God is basically childish, mm-hmm. childish, sorry, because it has nothing to do with who we are in Christ and understanding who he is in our lives. So basically, that's, you know, like, I don't know how much you want to go into my story, but I'll just maybe give you a couple of the things that happened. That yeah, are- go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so um when I was in my early, well, first of all, I, I got married and I married an abusive man. So there was that thing to deal with. And I, I did leave him with my father's blessing, which was amazing considering, you know, the denomination and that divorce was a sin, but he definitely right. saw what was going on and showed me in, I think it's first or second Corinthians that I was not sinning by leaving this abuser. And then I married again. And 
shortly after we were married and wanted a child, my husband, my first husband had told me that if I had to sign a um, document when I was married to him, that I would never bear children and, or he would kill me. So wow. this was, this is what I came out with. Right. So of course, going into the second marriage now and wanting to have a child and then finding out I had uterine cancer the enemy just came in, you know, and bombarded with me. See, 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 you know, that that's what that first husband did to you. And there's a curse on you. Well, it's all lies. And the enemy can do nothing but lie to us. And once I came to that realization, which was at a very young age, that he is a liar and God only tells the truth, then I could deal and cope with any of the traumas that came along. So when the doctor told me hysterectomy or death, I said no. And I was very strong in that no. And he stood up from behind his chair, pointed his finger in my face. And he said, then you go home, you suffer and you die. And wow. again, it was almost like a curse because I refused to listen to his recommendations. He was the 17th specialist that I saw. And he finally was able to determine what was wrong with me. None of the others could. So at that point, I should have been elated that someone actually found what was wrong with me. Right. He said hysterectomy or death. I knew that that was not God's will because God promised me healing. God's word is yes and amen. God's word cannot lie. So I chose to stuck with it, with stick with that. So when he told me that, I then stood up in my chair and I said, no, doctor, I will walk in here pregnant one day. And I did 14 years later. Now, that time between the time of finding that, hearing that diagnosis and the time that I actually was totally healed and giving birth 14 years later was what I choose to call the trial of my faith. And that's why I deal a lot when I minister about that time, because this is the, the time period, whether it's 14 minutes or 14 years, that many people lose hope. And right. they say, well, God didn't do it at such and such a date, therefore it can't happen or it won't happen or I misread God or it's not God's will or anything. And all those thoughts are not coming from God because God's word is yes and amen. And it's not maybe, it is, oops, I made a mistake or any of those things, you know, that the enemy wants us to believe. Right. So 14 years later, guess where I went back to that doctor. Wow. And how many kids do you have? I, we have just the one. Uh -huh. We also have an adopted son and he has, he has nine children. So but that's daughter, wonderful. Daughter has two. And it's, it's like, um, it wasn't that we didn't believe God was going to answer. I just knew I was 40 years old and I wanted a kid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I would get one, but how many was I going to get? <laughs> that is so amazing 35 we adopted and um yeah anyway but that was again there are so many things in in my story it's written as a novel there is uh it's exciting it's a page turner um and it's called battered hope my husband was falsely imprisoned for a um crime he did not commit he was later pardoned but you can imagine wow affected my life he was also in a car accident 30 years ago that left him with um, um, brain injury that he still suffers with today. We lost every single thing that we owned on the face of this earth three times. One was through fire, 
One was through theft and one was through um, partners that took everything from us. So I know loss. I understand loss. And I come from a place that that I choose not to be the victim there. Right, right. The reason I can do that, you can too. And it is yep. because of God's word and his promises. Yeah. And now looking back, like that was 40 years. I always call it our 40 years in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. 40 years of intense trauma and problems and tears and suffering and brokenness and whatever else, but never losing hope. And now we are in the promised land. <laughs> so anyway, that's a real, you know, lot of stuff in one little capsulized moment. No, that's, that's great. And it gives us a picture of um, not only your your faith, but, um, a picture of, uh, just the journey and what God has brought you, has brought you through and what he's brought you to. And so, um, the book is available, um, anywhere books are sold. Well, mostly Amazon, mostly Amazon. Okay. Okay. How did you, of course, how did you find the writing experience? Did you find that um, healing, cathartic? Was it struggling? Was it, what was, what was the process like for you? Well, I'll tell you a really quick story because it's funnily enough, I just did a video on this this morning. So it's fresh in my mind, but my daughter who at the time was 16 years old was watching her mom's life, of course. And of course the, you know, aware of many of the problems. And she had a new puppy that she had a little um, miniature doxy who um, his name, oh, sorry, his name was Louis Vuitton. I was trying to remember his name. (laughs) His name was Louis Vuitton. And very long story short, and this, this story is in my book. And it's also on my YouTube, one of the YouTube videos is so exciting because watching his antics and what he did, I decided to write it and put it into a little booklet form. It was very funny and gave it to my daughter for Christmas. And when she read it and she began to cry and she said, now, mom, now will you write your story? Oh, and it hit me to the point where I literally fell back into a chair and I knew that God had been prompting me for so many years to write it. But you know what kept me from doing it? What keeps many people from writing and sharing their stories? And that was shame. Yes, absolutely. You know, I didn't want to admit that I had made all these stupid mistakes and all the trauma that we went through and all the friends that we lost and the family that we lost as a result of those 40 years of the, you know, intense struggle. Right. It took 10 years to write it. And the reason it took that long was because I had to dredge up, you know, all those, all those um, memories and everything else. So yes. Was it therapeutic? Absolutely. And the crazy thing is, is when it came out in print and it's, you know, it's almost like, well, that was in 2015, I believe. It's almost like everything changed because now my story didn't have that negative attached to it that I chose to put on it, right. but it was a story of victory. Right. And that's what people needed to hear. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I ask you that kind of selfishly because I'm in the process of writing and, and, um, and, and I talk to a lot of authors and I am always interested in their process, but I, I am in that process right now. And so, um, I, I think about that and I think there's some, there's, there's some points where you're kind of cringy and you're like, Oh, do I want to say this out loud? And then there's the other points where there, where you just feel like I am victorious and I, you know, I, I, I stand on the promises that, that were given to me. And then, you know, it's kind of the seesaw of, of things that you have to kind of gain control of your own, your, your spirit and, and, uh, and move forward there. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, um, I'm going to put, uh, your, information, your website and your YouTube channel and your Facebook and all of that on, um, on our show notes. But, um, you know, what is, what is one message that you would like for people to most remember about you? Never, ever give up hope. Never, ever give up hope. Absolutely. Well, we'll take that with us. Well, Carol, thanks so much for telling us about, about your, your life and your journey. And we'll look forward to reading and, and following you more on your channels. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can find Jill at JillRiley.com, on Facebook at JillRiley.author, Twitter at JillRileyAuthor, and Instagram at JillRiley.author. Also, feel free to send Jill an email at Jill at JillRiley.org. Thanks for listening in and have a great day. Go!